This week on Erotic Awakening, too much. Welcome to Erotic Awakening with Dan and Dawn, a weekly view of all things erotic. From BDSM to erotic spirituality, from swinging as a lifestyle to simply fun kink, each week we bring you a diverse offering of erotic and alternative lifestyles in its many forms. This podcast includes frank discussions of highly sexual topics. This podcast is intended for consenting adults over the age of 18. If you are offended by this type of content, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. First thing I wanted to start the show with today is... The voice of that lovely promo that we have at the beginning of the show, Mm -hmm. that belongs to our good friend Lady Di. Yes. And we're asking all our friends out there in podcast land to send her some healing energy. She has a little physical dealio she's dealing with right now. My understanding is she's doing quite well with it, but any well wishes, well thoughts, and nice energy would be much appreciated. Absolutely. Did you know that today we brought in another person into the studio, a sex blogger, to talk about sex. (laughs) That's always fun. (laughs) And so unusual for our podcast to talk about sex. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But before we can get into that, we have to address the hate mail that we've gotten. The hate mail? (laughs) Yes. You look so shocked and stunned. I am. Well, last show, we did a show about exhibitionism. Right. And I posted on FitLife to an exhibitionist group. That we posted a podcast about exhibitionism. Okay. Which I thought was quite reasonable and probably a good place to post. I would think so. Well, someone thought it was a very bad idea. And they requested that we don't post our advertising on their group. On their group? Yes. And it actually wasn't... Advertising? It actually wasn't their group at all. They recommended that we go buy little ads to go on FetLife. If we wanted to tell people about our podcast. I would think they would want to know about an exhibitionism podcast. Or at least a blip on a podcast. I would think so as well. And maybe not. But as a result of that, mm-hmm. we're going to go ahead and buy some advertising on FetLife. Yeah. We've been uh, talking about this, actually. Yes, we have. And um, it is actually a good idea. We would like to get a few more people to listen to it. And, uh, you know, we are very... So far, we've been very fortunate that we've been able to keep this podcast at a manageable cost that we haven't had to sell any advertising space or put little icons on our website to sell things. And I hope to keep it that way. I hope that we can keep doing it from a perspective of the passion of doing it versus the making a few dollars at it. Absolutely. They're getting it, you know, presenting it for the community and giving back to the community. I kind of see it that way as well. So exposing people to different things. Absolutely. And hopefully, oh, podcast listeners, when you see our little icons out there on FetLife, you won't click on them. Don't click on them. That costs us money. But tell your friends to click on them. Or tell your friends about the show. Exactly. So the other <laughs> the other hate mail that we got wasn't so much I hate know. mail. Okay. It was like if you, on Christmas Day, you showed little Johnny a box mm-hmm. with a ro- nice little bow on it. Pretty. <laughs> and pulled it away and said, no, you Aww. can't have it. 
Because we got voicemail. We have notification. Oh, that we that's had, right. <laughs> we got notification that we got new voicemail, and we were all excited, and we were, ooh, new voicemail. They came, they came through on our little phones that we'd gotten a message, and... And it was a, it was a hang-up. Aww. It was very sad. <laughs> if you would like to leave us voicemail, or hang up on our voicemail, or leave us hate mail, <laughs> or recommend that we do something... There's a lot of ways you can do that. There is. So um, our email is eroticawakening at bluecatservices.org. That voicemail number is <laughs> 206-309-0054. We'll be standing by waiting for you to ring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on FetLife, we can be found at Erotic Awakening. And, of course, we have a Twitter account, Dan and Dawn. So here on the show on Erotic Awakening, we talk a lot about different stuff. Lately, we've been talking about BDSM and power exchange relationships. We've talked about Tantra. We've talked about sacred sexuality. We've talked about blowjobs. We've done blowjobs. <laughs> well, almost. <laughs> okay. We, we, you and I have done blowjobs in the past, though. Just not on the air. <laughs> not on the air. And... We just do this great variety of stuff. Our blogger coming up later is going to talk about how she did 101 needles because mm. I think she said 100 needles wasn't enough. So she needed one more. Yes. <laughs> and all kinds of interesting stuff like that. But if you're out there, needle play, that might be like too much for you. Mm-hmm. But for other people, the oral sex is too much exactly. where a nice flogging is fine. For other people... They might say, taking a baseball bat to my penis is quite erotic and quite the turn-on. Ow! What are you saying out for? You don't even have a penis. I don't need one to feel that. (laughs) And other people might be more focused on the sensual bunny hair gloves, softly massaging your skin, and and light kisses on your neck. Mm -hmm. Other people might go for the orgies, while others might go for... A number of things. Who knows what else? From the shows that we've had and the interviews that we have done so far and the ones that we're going to be doing, there's just this huge variety of stuff out there. Absolutely. So that leads us to a question. Uh Uh-oh, what's the question? We don't do all this stuff. No, no, we do a lot, but no, we don't do all of it. And some of it for us is not erotic, but okay for other people to do. Absolutely. And some of it, we have judged is inappropriate and should never be done to anyone involving anything. For example, the classic one, non-consensual. Well, that is true. I was sitting here a little confused trying to think of what you were talking about, but absolutely non-consensual. So how do you determine what is right for you and what is too much? Mm. I don't exactly know. But we've done so much stuff. We must have have some kind of guide, some kind of way to know that, yes, I want to try this. No, I don't want to try that. Well, the yes, well, part of it is feelings and part of it's ethics. So, you know, if you get the little, I don't know, if your body just kind of likes it, (laughs) however way it shows it. So I'm sitting here squirming on the seat. So um, then that would be something I would want to try. Whereas if it gives me a icky feeling and 
I just want to close up, and it's something I wouldn't try. And that makes a lot of sense. So we started off with the understanding that for us, other people use different words in different ways, but we use the word kinky and perverted to put our two categories of mm-hmm. sexual things that can be done. Right. Perverted are things that are, for us, unethical mm-hmm. and that cause harm. Right. Ah, see, now there's the tricky That's bit. That's a good, yeah. I can put 101 needles in you and not cause you, <laughs> I don't mean now, <laughs> and not cause you pain. Or not, well, yes, yes. I would cause you pain. <laughs> pain, yes. But I would not cause you harm. Exactly. Where if I were to strip you and drop you off on the corner in some downtown area as some kind of humiliation play thing, Mm -hmm. that could indeed cause you harm. Mm -hmm. Doing, again, as we said before, non-consensual activities where one partner says, no, I don't want to be part of this. This is not what I want to do. And the other partner forces them to do it. Right. And that goes beyond what we're talking about with MS as well. Good. And that's a good point. Where we have, oh, see, now i got to get into the whole consensual non-consent. Right. Where we get into it. But if you've listened to some of our Power Exchange shows, you've got an idea about some of mm-hmm. that stuff. So that is what we classify as perverted activities, where you're taking an activity which to some people may or may not be sexual, but you're using it in a way that harms someone, either right. yourself or another person. Right. That leaves you a lot of room for kinky. Absolutely. <laughs> and the trick about that is to find kinky is not necessarily what we, what you and I want to do. Mm-hmm. It's still okay for other people to do it. Right. right? And it's still right. just their kink, right? Yeah. I mean, there are some things that I am just not interested in. You know, it just doesn't make my body sing or make my thoughts sing or make my fantasies sing. So, mm-hmm. but it's perfectly fine for other people to do it. So a, a good example of that and one, and one that you and I, in a more personal perspective, get mm-hmm. to play with mm-hmm. is I think that you would like to play with more than one guy at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, on the other hand, not have yet to find a male that I find attractive. Right. Much. Much. That I would want to... <laughs> To journey into that realm right. for myself so far, mm-hmm. right? So the idea of, you know, something sexual and kinky that involved you and multiple guys, if I was one of those guys, my headspace would probably spend a lot of time in, oh, this, ooh, 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 I touched him, eee! <laughs> <laughs> so you may find you might like it. <laughs> that is always a possibility. Absolutely. So for us, for me, all the, the idea of you being with multiple guys at once is mm-hmm. kinky. It's not right. necessarily a turn-on for me. Right. And it's perfectly fine for other people to do as well. Right. So it's Pretty neat, though, that you and I, even though we're um, doing a lot of this stuff together, what you find may be kinky, what I may find, although I would also find it kinky, I, wouldn't, I would say too much. So that's where I'm trying to go with all this stuff is what is too much? Where do you get to the point where you say, I don't want to do that? I mean, we're kind of explorers, you and I, and I Mm -hmm. hope a lot of our podcast listeners are also explorers. And we started off, you know, being very um, same as everybody else, not doing a lot of stuff. Right. We took our time with a lot of things and, you know, treaded a little slowly. I mean, some things we jumped into, but mostly we would like uh, dip a toe in the water and see how it felt and then add a little more and then add a little more. And 
Yeah. I think one of the the things that you and I have is we're very fortunate that we have each other. Mm-hmm. And we have an understanding that if you want to try something, that I'm not going to jump down your throat and say, oh, my God, you're such a, a sicko for wanting to try that. Right. Instead, we're very much supportive of each other. So if you have a partner that can support you in this kind of stuff, and really it's just a matter of building that relationship with someone else. And we do actually a whole presentation on this. Mm -hmm. There's an aspect of a presentation that we do called Slutty Sex for Real Relationships, (laughs) where we talk about building that foundation of how you and your partner can be explorers and build that safety net for each other to not have society's cultural influences jump down your throat and say, good girls don't do that. Girl, good boys don't let their good girls do that. Mm-hmm. Or boys aren't supposed to like penises around them, except for their <laughs> own. Or girls aren't supposed to like being called a slut. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a partner as a willing participant, a lot of the stuff can be done by yourself as well. But again, having that support network, right? It may not right. be a boyfriend-girlfriend right. sort of thing or a girlfriend-girlfriend or a a direct partner that's that supportive person but there's a lot of a lot of the groups out there are not only social groups but you learn to you pick up friends with similar beliefs and similar ideas people you can talk to people you can share your thoughts with and you know sometimes we get that question in our heads am i too slutty is this overboard am i crossing the line and sometimes we just need someone to validate that No, I'm just as slutty as you are. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's a nice thing to hear. The support network concept also works in our sacred sexuality practice. For example, the Scarlet Sanctuary, which we run, you, I, and Karen, Mm -hmm. allows us to give some support when Karen wants to go to menstruate to someone in a sacred sexuality, even if it's just sacred touch. Right. You know, to reach out to someone who's not ready to come to the Scarlet Sanctuary, but doesn't want to experience some of that, um, some level of sacred touch. Right. You know, maybe they would like just a little bit of intimacy practice, or maybe they would just like a little bit of contact. Mm-hmm. And Karen can come to us and say, hey, so-and-so is interested in exploring this sacred touch right what is your feeling about them do you know them what kind of energy do you get from them Mm -hmm. what do i need to do to stay safe and part of it is the preparation part of it's the doing and then part of it's the afterwards right? right what do you do after that right something else that we cover in slutty sex for real relationships is now that you've done it now that you've <laughs> right. done your exploration right how do you handle it How do you go, you know, is the person that you worked with or played with or fucked or whatever going to respond by going, oh, my God, I love you. (laughs) Yeah, we've had that happen before. (laughs) Yes. Um, Or how are you going to be, you know, are you going to be okay to look in the mirror and say, wow, I just went off and did this really, what society tells me is really abnormal, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. do you have people around you that can say, uh, you know, you did what you did, you did with consciousness, you did it with integrity. It was consensual, you know, it it fulfilled a fantasy maybe, you know, or something like that. But it's nice to have other people that may have done the same thing or just flat out give you support. 
Absolutely. And it, and it's always great to have either lev- lovers or friends to be able to look you in the eye and say, right, you're still the same person. Mm-hmm. You go ahead and keep exploring. Right. You know, one of my favorite sayings is in, uh, a long time ago, there was a, um, a commercial for the armed forces, actually, <laughs> that said, at the end of your life, when you're sitting on a rocking chair, mm-hmm. looking back, what are you going to regret not doing? Right. And I'm sure they were talking more along the lines of jumping out of helicopters and <laughs> right. stuff like that. And uh, I don't think I'm going to regret not doing any of that. But I certainly would have regretted not being an explorer, mm-hmm. you know. But you got to listen to yourself. And when, when is too much? And to be conscious of that and to, to allow yourself to say, I don't want to try that today. I'll try this and this. But for today, for me, that's too much. the podcast (laughs) so here we are in studio today and our guest the first thing she said was wow you have a bed in your podcast studio and i thought for me why wouldn't you have a bed in your podcast studio it's certainly come in handy a couple of times (laughs) It, it has indeed and perhaps so as well today we are sitting in studio with judy a sex blogger here in our hometown in central ohio have a good time at cope i had a wonderful time at cope i noticed yeah, it was, um, I learned a lot about myself. Uh, I had a really exciting time. And I bet we're going to see more about your experiences as COPE, as well as everything else in that blog of yours. Definitely. I already posted a little bit this morning, and uh, I hope to expand on that because I was a little uh, groggy when I wrote it. So <laughs> <laughs> It is Monday morning. <laughs> so your blog is called Journey Into Desire. And it is a journey deep into the sexual mind of a woman as she explores her darkest desires, fantasies, and encounters. Wow. A little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. (laughs) Now, it used to be called something else, so why did you change the name? Well, it was Journey Into Submission, and I changed it for two reasons. One, I found out there was another Journey Into Submission. Mm-hmm. And two, it's not 100% submission anymore. There's a little bit of dominant side coming out in me recently and um, kind of exploring that as well. Okay, fair enough. How, how did you get started in the, the public kinky scene? I saw in your bio you've been kinky, you said, for seven or eight years. But just in this past year, you've come out into more of the community, more into the public scenes where you can experience something like a an event like COPE and some of the other events you've been to? Well, my first event was COPE of last year. So I jumped in with both feet with one of the biggest events around. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've kind of been addicted ever since. So this year it was kind of special to me to be able to go to COPE again. And um, that's where I first got started. Got into um, going to munches and um, some people just kind of pulled me along and uh, made me I don't want to say made me, but strongly encouraged me to try some a lot of new things. So I got into uh, edge play, you know, kind of right away, and um, just been uh, trying new things and learning new things ever since. Nice. Now, now, when you say edge play, give me an example. What's well, that what I call edge play. Okay. Um, it would be fire play, needle play, um, <laughs> would be, uh, my mind's going blank right now, um, knife play. Okay. You know, that was um, some of the first things that I did. So to me, 
to a lot of people that might be edge play, but to me now that's normal. Mm -hmm. so whatever normal is. <laughs> I, I don't know that anything on our podcast is considered normal, but other than by the listeners of the podcast, exactly. perhaps. Now, when you say that you get into things like needle play, what if I said, hey, I think you're a liar. I don't think you've ever done needles. You could probably point me to the blog and show me pictures. Exactly. There's quite a few lovely pictures on there that some uh, friends of mine took for me. And um, we did a, a scene with 100. It was supposed to be 100 needles. It ended up being 101 because I just wanted to just push it just that <laughs> little bit further. And so there's some really nice photos on there that they took that day. So 100 needles isn't pushing it, but 101, that's... Yes. Okay. <laughs> and they're beautiful pictures, too. Thank you. They're, Thank you. Yes. Awesome. I don't know if I can say who, you know, did it, but uh, there's some credits um, on my FetLife page, so... Okay. Very cool. So we've got some pictures on the blog, and we've got some stories about you and your experiences. Why, why are you a sex blogger? Why did you start... Because a lot of the times, a lot of the blogs that we review, along the side, we'll see advertisements to buy certain right, products. A lot of commercial stuff. Yeah, a lot of commercial stuff. You don't have any of that. You're just apparently blogging for the sake of blogging. So what, what do you get out of it? What I get out of it is, well, when it first started, to answer your first question, um, I started writing erotic fantasies uh, because it was just kind of an outlet for fantasy for me. And then I started kind of documenting my experiences as well. Um, and to me, it it allows me to relive the scene. Mm -hmm. It allows me to go back and read it again and mm -hmm. experience those feelings and those emotions because we have a tendency, I think, to forget or, you know, lose some of the details. So I like to write them down in order to be able to uh, experience them all over again. Very cool. But you could do that in a, in a private setting as well. Mm -hmm. Is there, do you feel that there's any benefit to blogging publicly versus just keeping a private journal? I like turning people on. <laughs> That's a good reason. <laughs> I, like, uh, I like writing and sharing my stories and knowing that people are enjoying them sexually. Okay. Then you won't be offended by some of the things I do after reading your blog. Not at all. I okay. encourage you to. Okay. Or during. Or whatever. I benefit from that as well. <laughs> good. <laughs> You describe yourself as a very sensual and erotic player mm -hmm. who uh, also enjoys the heavy impact play, moderate pain, a bit of edge play like we discussed already. Have you always been somewhat of a sensual person or an erotic person or is there something is, that you've decided, something changed that suddenly you've decided that being stuck with a needle is hot? <laughs> no, I think I've always been that way. I've always enjoyed massage and just the the art of touch and um, sensual touch and breathing and, uh, you know, the hot breath on my neck and on my cheek and, you know, being spoken to in a very sensual way, you know, while having sex. And um, I'm just, I'm getting all excited now. <laughs> <laughs> and that kind of stuff excites me. Mm-hmm. Very cool, very cool. Were you, were you surprised the first time you saw someone doing like a spanking or a caning or one of the harsher scenes to find out that your body was saying, yeah, I want to try that? Um, no, uh, not really. It was kind of uh, just about everything I see, I want to try. Mm -hmm. And I would say 
most things I want to try. Um, I'm very open to experiencing new things. And I know that, that when you play, it doesn't necessarily have to be the level that that person might be playing at. Right. Um, but uh, no, it's, uh, it's more curiosity than it would be anything. So how long have you actually been doing the blog? Well, you know? I've been blogging probably less than a, than a year for the blog. Right, right. But I've been writing since, I don't know, 2007, I think, maybe, is the first okay. time I wrote anything down. So, yeah. Nice. But the blog itself, well, obviously a little less than a year because you've only been mm -hmm. in the community for a year. So that would be my guess. So I was kind of saving the stories and then posted them. Very oh, cool. nice. Okay. Yeah, very cool. So who is Lady J? <laughs> <laughs> She's my alter ego. Um, she kind of emerged hmm, maybe six, seven months ago. Um, she is my dominant side. Mm -hmm. And uh, she is uh, also a very sensual player and just likes to come out and, and top from time to time. Mm -hmm. Do you feel then that you would consider yourself a switch? Um, I have a hard time with that, with calling myself that word, and I'm not really sure why. Um, simply because I feel submissive in my heart, but there are times when I want to come out and, um, and take control, especially when it comes to um, younger subbies, uh, and and maybe even teach and train a little. I kind of have a desire to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have a really interesting thing written on your blog, and I'm, I'm actually going to ask you to read it. And it starts right there. And I was wondering if you'll read those two sentences for us. I am a sexual submissive with the heart of a slave who longs to serve one master. I would offer him my devotion, obedience, service, and creativity being molded and shaped by him, for him, and to serve only him. The phones are ringing off the hook. Or they should be. Or they would be if we had phones. <laughs> we had a phone in here. <laughs> so a lot of what we've talked about so far has been styles of play. We've talked about the play that you did at Cope and the needle scene that you referred to on your blog. And you talk about how um, you have a person that submitted to you on the blog that you talk about but the sexual but submissive seems to be different for you than the slave mm -hmm. are these different aspects is there something or is being a slave part of your erotic journey i think becoming a slave is part of my erotic journey i think right now i am a submissive um but I desire, I long to be a slave, to serve someone um, completely, where I just, I make that decision to give myself to him. And that hasn't happened for you? No. Sometimes a good master is hard to find. Very hard to find, yes. It's, and this is very true, but from your description, it seems like it shouldn't be so difficult. You're offering a lot. You have the willingness and the heart of a submissive, the heart of a slave. Why do you think it's so difficult to find a good master? Um, because I want, there, there are certain things that I want in a master. There are certain characteristics, certain qualities 
a matter of integrity. Um, I am a very spiritual person of faith. Um, that is important to me as well. And it's very hard to find someone um, that has basically the same belief system that I do. It doesn't have to be exactly the same. But um, also uh, someone who is local. There are so many things. <laughs> <laughs> you know, someone who, uh, who wants me as well for the same reasons. Um, just a lot of different things. And I don't, and my blog talks about this too, I uh, will not just give myself to just anyone. Right. You know, not in that in that way. And um, it, it's to me, I take collaring, I take serving, I take the master slave thing very, very seriously. You've got on your blog um, some really great pictures of you being caned. You've been had needles poked in you. You talked about bondage stuff, um, and you say you're willing to try just about anything once. What's bad kink to you? What's out of bounds for you? Well, the obvious, um, you know, things that we all put as our limits, you know, of course, children and animals and, you know, scat and things like that, um, that most people would consider, I think, to be off limits. Um, for me, I would say severe humiliation, and of course, that's relative as well. Humiliation for one person might be different than humiliation for another. Uh, some type of severe torture. I don't think waterboarding would be something I would want to do. Um, Not so much. No. <laughs> so one more question for you, if you don't mind. Sure. What's next for the blog? Well, just to continue for now, um, documenting my journey and... Uh, just continuing to write erotic fantasies and let people enjoy it. And who knows, maybe the future will involve a book. Um, you never know where I can go with this. Fantastic. The uh, blog can be found at sensual-desire, spelled D-E-S-Y-R-E, dot blogspot.com. Judy, thank you very much for sitting with us here in the studio today. Thank you, too. Thank, thank you, you. Don. Excellent. <laughs> Now, as to your question about whether the bed's actually a real bed and whether it's comfortable, mm -hmm. let's talk about that. Okay, we'll <laughs> talk about that. <laughs> Coming up next week. Join us and find out. Bye, Dawn. Bye, Dan. Heard on Erotic Awakening, Free by White Knight, Strawberry Jam by Jerry Bradley, and Wanda by 31D1 is provided from the Podshow Podsafe Network. More information can be found at music.podshow.com.